This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Exmo Kings Meadow, the podcast that follows the fantastic Chelsea FC women's team. I'm your host, Dean, joined just by Dane at the moment. Jane is somewhere sorting out tickets for the Conzi Cup final. Uh, Dane, good to see you. Yeah, you too. Yes, nice to uh, nice to be on again, and uh, especially after such a wonderful weekend regarding football. It was, and that's actually a nice shirt. I might give you some, some praise this week. With Lavelle on the back. Manchester City legend. Um, but there's a nice design actually by night. Fair play to them. Normally don't rate their kits at all, but here we are. Um, and also joining us, someone that knows what they're talking about, thankfully, uh, podcast host, tactical analyst, and soon to be television star, Mia Erickson. Uh, Mia, welcome back to the podcast. Nice to see you. Yeah, thank you. That was a grand. <laughs> <laughs> introduction <laughs> to We're something I to something I don't uh, yeah I'm not sure what to say about that but thanks yeah obviously their pitch going strong uh three episodes in now one landing tomorrow uh so by the time you listen to this it's live who is number four number four is uh, uh left-hand side fullback playing in Inter in Italy Elin Landström so it should be an interesting one. And then on yeah. Thursday, you are recording with a Chelsea player. Correct. correct. Today. Yeah. Um, I'll let you announce who that is if people haven't seen it. Yeah, you, you're just letting me announce her because you can't say her name properly. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it then. Sachira. No. <laughs> yeah, go on. Sachira Mizovic. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yes, I, I think she pretty much revealed herself today uh, getting into that... <laughs> thread on the Chelsea Women Supporters Group on, on Twitter. So I hope she is as excited uh, about this recording as we are, because I think it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Yeah, as a former goalkeeper, not a very good one. Um, interesting to hear what she says about the tactical side of it, if they find out 
what side players shoot more often to, maybe, is something that I want to know. Uh, but I'll get my question to their pitch in due course. Um, you can as well, if you listen to this before Thursday, at their pitch, your question to Sachira Muzovic, um, whatever you want to know, uh, including what she thought of my song for her. Maybe that's a question for the end of the show. Uh, <laughs> when all the serious stuff's happened. Um, Dana, I had a question for Jane before we started, which was about Emma handing out sweets. Um, then yesterday, Cadbury's were handing out bars of chocolate. And I know we have a lot of American listeners. So what is the American version of Cadbury? You're asking for my, my view on... Not your view, but what's the American version of Cadbury's? Well, I think Hershey's own Cadbury's, but if they produce anything, it's their version. You, you, they stopped UK Cadbury's coming over, I believe, about six years ago. But they, 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 they'll make their own version of Cadbury's with their own ingredients. Uh, you know, it's UK, not a good one, is it? No, no, no. Listen, I get. I get obviously American chocolate just because it reminds me of family and holidays. Uh, but no, there's no comparison. The UK chocolate is is by far superior uh, to American. But you know, it depends where you are. I think Hershey's is number one. I mean, you've got the obvious, you know, Reese, uh, Reese's, and Mars. But I think Mars owns M and M's, and M and M's is a, I think might be the number one seller over there. But yeah, it's. Uh, I, I'm glad that you you've asked me about that. You know, I've been doing podcasts for a while. No one's ever interested in my American roots. I think they just want the uh, the unique UK uh, thoughts of, of of watching football. But yeah, I appreciate it. And I know we have a lot of American listeners. I just wanted them to know from someone that's got a foot in both camps that England mm-hmm. is better at chocolate than America. Oh, by far, yeah, absolutely yeah. by far, yeah. Why don't we? Stop talking about chocolate then and talk about football. Uh, the reason why we are here is to look back at the Chelsea versus Manchester City game this past Sunday, the 6th of February 2022 at Kings Meadow. Chelsea started in a 4-4-2 formation with Berber in goal, Carter, Bright, New and Anderson in defence. Fleming, Cupper, Ingram, Wrighton as the midfield four with Kurt and Hard in attack. Emma made four of five available substitutions, bringing on Frank Kirby and Neve Charles, replacing Panilla Harder and Jesse Fleming. Lauren James came on for Sam Kerr for the final 10 minutes and Drew Spence replaced Gura Wrighton in injury time. That left Sachira Musovic, Alsu Abdelina, Amy Claypole and Emma Thompson as the unused subs. Uh, Stats-wise, Chelsea had 43% possession, 11 shots, four on target, one corner and seven fouls to Manchester City's 57% possession, 11 shots, three on target, six corners and seven fouls. Um, Now, in all honesty, I did not watch the game. It was my wedding anniversary, so I wasn't uh, allowed if I wanted to make it to year four next year. Um, so I'm relying on you two to give me the real insight into the game. So, Mia, let me come to you first. Uh, Chelsea in a 4-4-2, but what was the main tactical approach that Emma Hayes took in this match to counter City's attacking threats? Yeah, what was the main thing? I think... I mean, the main thing for me was, in fact, that Sam Kerr did start this game. She has been absent for a couple of games. So I think that it, it was pretty interesting to see how the unit was was working with her back on the pitch. Uh, I mean, it was pretty obvious that in the first half, uh, Chelsea started most attacks down the left-hand side with Jonna. Uh, which I thought was great because she had a lot of space. 
and then I, I think it was like for the first 15 minutes you can really you could really see that um, Jonna Guro and Penille worked really well uh, down that left hand side I mean um, actually I thought we have seen this before now, but I think it's pretty obvious now that, you know, when you don't, um, when Penilla Harder is not needed that down deep uh, in the pitch and she can be in the final third, uh, receiving the ball with um, rightly uh, turned towards, towards goal. I think it's, I mean, it's, it's a lot of speed and pace uh, and, I mean, I kind of looked at the game yesterday and just thought that, I mean, now we're, we're, we're back to this fluid, attacking, uh, fast play again. Uh, and it's not just counters. It's actually a nice playing style to see. Yeah, just off, I've not looked at stats, but they seem to be building through midfield now rather than having the two outside uh, centre-backs win the 3-4-3 playing these long balls is that affecting the way the Chelsea are building up are you seeing that as well is that I'm making this up no I think definitely um, I mean it, it can be because of the fact that Magda is not playing um, but that that's not bad right now because I think what we're seeing is is a team that is slightly more comfortable maybe with the ball uh, and I'm not saying they they haven't been comfortable with it before but you can really tell when when Chelsea is like very wide and the player are getting um, to meet a lot of pressure from the opponents that the, the passing game is quite stressed sometimes um, doesn't mean that it is stressed I just want to say that but it looks like just it's the one-touch passes, and they they are not often um, getting to the right person uh, or player. But yesterday, I think it looked really nice to see that they can pass, put passes together, and you could see that all, already in the game versus United, and especially in that third goal. Yeah, I think what you're saying, if you want to understand what me is saying, watch that first half against Man United because. They looked like they had no control of that first half whatsoever, but scored three times um, and were pretty comfortable going in at halftime. Um, and I think there's a piece on The Athletic um, by Michael Cox about the way that Chelsea played and set up, which is, I've not read all of it yet, but there's a, a passage about what Guru said to Erin about, you know, the quick pass on the left is how they're going to get past City and... Was that seen during the whole 90 minutes as someone's not watched the whole game? Was Lucy Bronze a target for them? I think, I mean, he also wrote, and I'm fully agreeing with him on this one, because you have like a player, uh, when you have the player in Penilla Harder that can really work the space she is in, you, you get, and, and then you have a player like Jesse Fleming and Penilla Harder who is running a lot. And she she had the attacking midfield role yesterday. But then you have Erin, who was a central uh, midfielder yesterday. But you could see that she was supposed to cover the right-hand side and Penilla was working the left-hand side with, um, 
with Jesse Fleming. Um, like, I don't know how to say this in English now, but but I mean, Jesse Fleming, Jesse Fleming was playing uh, at the right-hand side. Yeah, exactly. But then you had Penille who was, who was working the, the left side. Um, and you, could, you can really see that she's running a lot. And I think that's, that's her, you know, style of play. She, she just run to work the space. And you could see that as well with this goal. They score against Manchester United, that third one, because she runs and she, she drags three Manchester United players along with her. And she is completely aware of it as, as well. So she just turns and then passes the ball through all three players. And this is where, where you get a lot of space for the other players as well. Yeah, well, there is obviously a reason why she is or was European's best player before she joined Chelsea. Um, nice to see she's using her um, properly. Um, Dane, before, obviously, the game we did our preview show, well, Jane did our preview show and I wrote the team for her, the predicted team, uh, which was one away. I had Kirby up front with Harder because I thought Kerr might be a little bit unfit still. Uh, but we also had Cup at the right midfield sort of counter that threat from Lauren Hemp. But it was Jesse on that right hand side, as Mia said. And what did you make of that decision and of you know, both of their respective performances? Surprising. Uh, we we've seen Cuthbert sparingly in in, in a sort of centre centre midfield role. Uh, you you like what Fleming brings to the team. You know she's tenacious. You know she's good at pressing and pressurising. Uh, a bit like a rash, do you know what I mean? If in a, in a polite way, you know, she'll get all over a player and she can, you know, I presume they, they, they thought her energy could suffocate uh, uh, Lauren Hemp. And and distribution wasn't great, I don't think, but her all-round defensive play and what she was asked to do was, uh, was, was very good. Uh, regarding Cuthbert, I think that gave us a different dimension. I really liked it. Uh, you know, I thought she was outstanding. I was, I was trying. She, she, she does pull out some really, really bordering on world class performances. Sometimes, you know, we mentioned how young she is. You know, in in, in a recent episode, and you know, obviously again showed her versatility by 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 playing in centre midfield. But she was absolutely outstanding. You know, as I said, it was a near perfect performance from her. And yeah, it just goes to show, you know, what. We can only give our views, you know, answer answer questions. What were you right that you want us to see? But what Emma sees in training, day in day out, caused her to say, caused her to come up with the idea of putting Cuthbert in the middle and Jesse on the right, and it worked because, you know, getting ahead of ourselves, you know, it forced uh, him to uh, swap sides in the second half and go on onto the right and uh, go after Iona Anderson. Uh, so, you know completely stifled her you know she she's a class player you know Lauren Hemp so she had one moment where she got in behind Jess uh but again you know getting ahead of us as well Jess Cart was amazing as well on, on on Sunday but yeah but it did surprise me yeah I think it highlights though what Emma says about formations mattering out of possession so when Chelsea are attacking Jesse's able to drift inside more centrally than when we've lost the ball, she's got the energy to get back on that right-hand side and, and give Jess the cover that she she needs to help. Um, obviously, the conditions were a bit crazy at Kings Meadow. The wind was very strong. 
uh, Amir, in the first half, Chelsea looked obviously more dominant, attacking with the wind. Second half, struggled to create too much. Um, how do you think Chelsea handled the conditions? Because at some points it felt like they were hanging on a little bit against City, especially towards the end. I think it was the substitutions. I mean, it, it's no, it's nothing strange that, that this happens. But I must say that I think that Manchester City is is the team that Chelsea often ends up uh, like they did in that last 20, I mean, 30, 20 minutes. Uh it's it's a bit too exciting <laughs> as a Chelsea fan to watch, um, and yeah, I mean, Lauren Hemp was kept in place by by both Jesse Fleming and Jess Carter a lot, but I kind of looked at her stats today, and it it, it was pretty interesting because she had. The worst, if you can say that about Lauren Hemp, uh, she has the worst had the worst. Uh, percentage of success in dribblings but she even so she managed to make the most amount uh, of successful dribblings in total in any game she had this season and this is according to Scout. so she attempted 24 dribbles and she had success in 12 and that's I mean, she usually had, I mean, on average per 90 minutes, I think around eight dribblings. So it was, I mean, it's obvious they rely a lot on her and perhaps because I think that, yes, Park was quite like invisible in this um, game compared to versus when they played Tottenham. Uh, So it's obvious that Lauren Hemp will have to to be the main responsibility for things to happen in City's attack. Uh, but it, it changed when Penilla Harder and Jesse Fleming came off. Uh, and I think it, I mean, it depends a lot of, on the fact that Penilla Harder works the space uh, like no other player. And, and I think it's quite interesting to see that now. Um, when all three of them, Sam Kerr, Frank Kirby, and Penilla Harder, hasn't haven't played together all the time. So, yeah, I did, did manage to watch the last fifteen minutes, and obviously Penilla was off by that point, and it felt like Chelsea were kicking the ball into the wind, and it was just sort of flying back towards their goal because they had nobody to, as you say, exploit the space and keep the ball up the pitch because you know Sam and Fran, that's not their forte, so to speak. They like to get quickly behind and, and create chances quickly rather than who has that ability to hold the ball and bring others into play. And then when you've not got Jessie as well to be alongside her, it sort of takes away any opportunity for Chelsea to get the ball up the pitch because I don't think they've really got the ball in the final third in that second half at all, did they? No, I, I don't think it, it was any danger for... Roebuck, I mean, in the last 15 minutes, if I'm not mistaken right now. But, I mean, Sam Kerr and Frank Kirby, they they tried to, like, combine uh, pretty quick 
when when Kirby came on, but it was pretty obvious that that Manchester City they ob- obviously have great defenders. Manchester City, so I think they they were prepared uh, for that. Um, so I mean, it didn't look like they were gonna have any problems with with that. And then Sam Kerr came off quite quick after getting Frank Kirby on. So I mean, obviously she had had done a lot of running as well uh, in this game. Yeah, I was expecting it to be her that come off instead of Penua, but um, obviously Emma knows what she is doing. Uh, we hope. Uh, Dave, let's talk about some individual performances. Um, and I want to start with AKB in goal. Sometimes she doesn't get perhaps the credit she deserves in, in these sort of games, but she made some big saves and involved in some big moments where she just takes the pressure off the team with a catch from a cross or, you know, knows to let the ball go, especially the one that bounced over the top of the goal onto the net. Mm. Um, that was stressful. Uh, but she's a huge factor in, in the success we have, isn't she? Just that reassuring presence at the back. Yeah, yeah, she is. And, you know, it, 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 it sometimes baffles me. You look at her international caps and how, how few and far, very little they are. I, I, one thing I noticed about, about her is, is, which I've noticed in other games and I've mentioned in, in, in previous episodes, is, is her concentration. Even with games where she hasn't had a lot to do, uh, and it's injury time. I think I noticed it. Uh, uh, one one recent game when we was one 0 She didn't have a lot to do. One 0 up, ninety third minute, and it was a, a really dangerous ball into the box. She just came, rose like a salmon, and just caught it so comfortably, and like you know, just just blew the fire out. And and again, really late into the game, she. Uh, I think Millie went for a ball in like the ninety second, ninety third minute, and she was a uh, distract, you know, like uh, and catching Berger's view. And Millie completely missed it. And it went straight over her head and comfortably just caught it. And it's that concentration, it's that world-class concentration that she always she always has and calm. And I like when she went down injured again, which she always usually does in like a big game for a little while as well. That always makes me laugh. But yeah, she's she, she's so calm and composed and we're so lucky to have her. And some some players, for some reason, don't get the credit they deserve. Uh, we're seeing it in, in the men's game with, the, with our goalie. Uh, Edouard Mende and I think to an extent Berger doesn't get the credit she deserves you know she's she's got the most clean sheets recently in 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 the WSL and you know I know there's there's like within when you when you're trying to you know to read about the women's game you know it's so easy to go to Twitter and and and, and get sucked in by the biasness of, of of supporters which we all are you know we're talking about Chelsea in, in a way like we've got our blue tinted glasses on. When you try to go to other sites and see what they say about about, about players and all that, but I'd, I'd be interested to know internationally uh, and world in, in women's football how well she is respected and if she is believed to be up there because we we only judge her on you know what we see playing for Chelsea. You know I don't watch I watch Man City when they play against Chelsea. I watch Arsenal when they play against Chelsea, and it's interesting to see. Uh, where she is regarded in, in, in especially in international football, because what she had, has she got one cap or two for Germany? She has two now, but don't uh, me will probably know more than me. But Germany have another world class goalkeeper. Yes, uh, I mean they have a lot of go- good goalkeepers in in Germany, uh, playing in the Frauen Bundesliga with a lot of the players that plays in the national team. So I think that could be. I mean, obviously, we all know that. A backline and a goalkeeper is so 
uh, I mean, their collaboration and trust and, and in between. So I think that that could probably be it. And then I, I think she has been had a little bit of bad luck as well because because it's the Wolfsburg keeper Almut Schult uh, that has been the first keeper for Germany in many years, uh, and she has been out now with uh, she she had the twins I think, um, and now she's back. So it's going to be very interesting to see if she can, I mean, compete. Uh, at the international level again but I think that's the reason and she has been um, with Wolfsburg for many many years playing in the Champions League and you know reaching far so I think and then and then she plays with a lot of the um, German national team players uh, on a daily basis so yeah obviously international football a bit more complex probably than what we see at club side um, where they don't get that much time together. So having those relationships probably helps the Wolfsburg goalkeeper over AKB. But again, I thought she was fantastic for us in goal um, in these big games she always is. And I always say the mark of a great goalkeeper is not making a save from 0 minutes to 89 minutes and then making the save, not the ones that make saves from minute one to minute 90. Because usually when they go into better teams, uh, they get found out like Rob Green playing for England. Um, used to make loads of saves every week for West Ham and then plays for England and makes a mistake because he's not used to not doing anything all game long. Um, I can remember the particular game you're talking about. Everyone, all this clamour for the goalkeepers that make saves every week and then they come to a team where they don't make saves and they make loads of mistakes because they've got no idea what's going on. Uh, let's move a little bit forward up the pitch. Someone that knows AKB well, Jess Carter. Uh, me, lots of people, and I probably include myself in this, very quick to criticise her when she makes a mistake. Uh, she had probably one off, if not the game of her Chelsea career against, you know, one of the best attackers in, in the league. And as Dane said, forced her to switch sides because I think she's using her physicality a lot more, like right back. And she just seems a bit, lot more comfortable out there than being sort of the heart of the Chelsea defence. What was your thoughts on, on her performance? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think she has had these kind of performances before, if we're going to be honest, um, especially probably uh, at the right fullback position. So I do think that the the biggest difference between, I mean, how Chelsea has have been using their centre-backs is that they have been using the centre-back uh, position to to build up the play. And then you have to be very comfortable uh, with the ball at your feet. And you can see that Jess Carter sometimes uh, are doing heavy touches, getting the ball. Uh, I thought we saw that yesterday as well. But, but I think she's very aware of that because you could see that when that happened, she was already a step ahead to, to like minimize um, the danger uh, of, of a, an action like that. And I do think that if she's going to play, um, I mean, she, she is going to play right-hand uh, side fullback. She is, she is obviously the best player there for Chelsea at the moment, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, just like I think that Jonna is the best option 
uh, for Chelsea to play at the left-hand side uh, fullback because they we can talk forever about the fact that yeah probably there is better fullbacks uh, in quality and in experience wise uh, and how they are being used but right now here and now playing a back four these are the best uh, fullbacks Chelsea have so and they are showing that as well I think I mean Manchester City we we have to even though what are they now? They now placed fifth in the table this season. They are one of the absolute top teams in England. And I think both Jess Carter and, and Jona Andersson handled yesterday's game very well. Six. Yeah, even that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's, that's a good point that I noticed about Jess Carter with heavy touches. And uh, as you do when you're watching a game, screaming at the TV, her cross for the goal. I was, I was, take a touch, take a touch, because it looked like her body uh, angle was wrong. And she took a touch and then produced a, a, a beautiful ball. So that's a, yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's something I've noticed before with Jess. But I thought, yeah, I thought she was outstanding. And, and, and Dean, you're probably right. She's using her physical side quite a lot. And I think hemp, I think uh, she tried to get in a, Jess's ear a little bit. You could see, you could hear some, some mumblings going on, but Jess was just so, you know, in the zone and yeah, it was, she was outstanding and probably, yeah, could be Mia's right. I've, I, I was, I didn't like criticizing her. I, 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 early on in the season, I sort of respected, I could see what she was trying to do. I could see she was trying to learn a new position as I said, first, you know, centrally in centre in, in in the three. Uh, sorry, she was right of the of the three against Arsenal in that first game, and, and, and she struggled a bit. Then they moved her centrally, and I thought she was really good. Obviously, she had a few mistakes, especially at home in Wolfsburg. But you, there's so much potential there, and now we're starting to see it. And where we're where where we, we seem a little bit more tight and a little bit more organised. Now we're playing with a back four. She's 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 playing outstanding. The whole defence is, to be honest, and I'm so happy for her because, as I said, it's so easy to go. You know, let your heart rule your mind, and you know, it, if you think players have had an average game, and you go onto social media. Uh, and have a rant and a moan about them, and I don't think she deserved that early on. Uh, I, I'm I'm glad that she's you know she had that performance came against one of the best wingers in, you know in world football, and so happy for her. I, I also want to say that I think that people are so quick to, I mean, like predicting disaster when you see two players. I mean, you see the lineups, and then you see okay, now this player needs to deal with this player. Uh, and then you, they predict disaster. But what I do think and believe is that a player like Jess Carter, she is playing versus Laurent Hemp quality players every day in training. And therefore, even though she will never be as fast and quick uh, as these players, she will learn to deal with it her own way. And I think that's what we are seeing. We are seeing the result of of players in training every day that trains versus each other and everyone is world-class players yeah and she's still young Jess 23 I think almost or 24 just turned um and obviously as Mia said you know, she's going to be coached and they're going to analyze her performances and what her opponents do and what she can do to get the better of them and 
I think using her strength is probably a big thing of what they're sort of coaching in her to do more often. Um, having said that, obviously Lauren Hemp's no Leah Galton apparently. Um, so we should have expected Jess Carter to, to come out on top. But having said that, I wasn't sort of fearing the worst as I would have maybe done before when seeing the team. And I think that's probably why Hemmer could use Jesse on the right side and enable her to drift centrally because of the improvement of Jess. Um, I think she before, was helped, Dean. She was she was dramatic. She was majorly helped by by Jesse Fleming. And I know it's sometimes it's a bit too much to ask someone to go back and watch ninety minutes. And I was slightly critical of her distribution. But if you go back and just watch Fleming and how much she helped the team, how much she would have helped Jess as well. Don't, can't take anything away from Jess Carter's performance, but Jesse Fleming's harassing and pressurising and, and pressure and, and closing down really helped, you know, that, that right side of, 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 the, uh, of the team for the verbal 60, 65 minutes until they took her off, 70 minutes, whatever it was. And yeah, very, un, again, an unsung performance because it's so easy to go over the top when you see someone, uh, you know, put a pass out of play or, you know, in, or to do opposition. But tactically, she was, she was really, really good Fleming. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you can just watch the Heath map uh, from Jesse Fleming's game yesterday. Yeah, it, it's very, like, clear in the area in front of, of mm. Jess Carter. But I do think that, I mean, b- both of these players, they made, made each other very good yesterday. I mean, so, and here we are talking about the team sport <laughs> team sport and players helping each other to, to do well and that's what it's all about and i think that perhaps that's something i have been, been missing watching chelsea lately i mean like it's the it's not the individuals that has been doing good i mean a game yesterday it was a team effort and i think we have been been wanting that for um, for a long time. Uh, I mean, at least I have done that. So. A lot of players complimented each other. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to mention the heat map that you posted me because I did see it. Um, but my, I think my point was, I think we went to City in the FA Cup and we basically played two right-backs to counter the threat of, of Hemp. And I don't think it was the same as that yesterday, was it? It wasn't like Jesse was playing right-back. Um, so that's what sort of the overall point was of that. Um, Dane, obviously the central defenders have come in for a lot of praise I don't think they conceded a goal together um, Newman's not lost when she's played for Chelsea uh, but I want to single out Millie Bright obviously captain of the team in the absence of Magda we've not really missed Magda which has been great um, how was her performance yesterday Millie Bright I think I see one one clip with the ball she lost the flight of it in the wind but apart from that pretty faultless yeah, it's, yeah, she has done really well without Magda. I miss seeing her. You know, Magda's just one of those, those team players you just like to see on, on, you know, out there on the pitch, you know, that smile and that, you know, that, 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 that love of the game. So, but you're right, uh, on, on, on the playing side, we haven't missed her. You know, Millie Bright has always played like a captain. I've always said to be a successful team, you need, you know, you need like a bit of four or five captains. You know, obviously we're missing Magda, we're missing... Marin Melder, you know, these are these are inspirational leaders, these are captains. You know, I always look back to 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 the men's Chelsea team about 10, 15 years ago when they had about six international captains playing for them. Uh 
and Millie's had to step up, you know, uh, she's had to marshal the defence as well. Because if you think, obviously, again, uh, I know I know we talked about Jess Carter, but she, you know, she's still she's still learning the right back position, even though if you watched the game on Sunday, you would have thought she was a natural. She's got Anik Nguyen with her again, who's, who's, who's learning about the British game. You know, it's not just about the game. It's just about life in general in, in, in England, socially. So and she's new as well. She hasn't played a lot of games still. Uh, Yona hasn't played a lot this season and, you know, she could be, I don't know if she's struggling fitness wise, but Millie's got to be the, the leader back there. It's great. She's got Anne Katrin Berger behind her as well. A, you can imagine another leader and another like captain-esque sort of player. Yeah, but she, she's, she's been great. You know, I, I, we, we've talked before about how she's clearly got license to start the attack, uh, whether it will be a short pass or a, more often than not a long pass. Uh, but yeah, in recent weeks she's been phenomenal, and uh, you know she she she's a very cliche. She's a footballer's footballer, isn't she? Uh, you know, you'd think you'd expect most supporters to want her in 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 their team. Uh, I'd be surprised if if a lot of rival players were not putting them in their team in the season as well. But maybe again, maybe I've got blue into glass. And you know, England always seem to play her; they don't like to rest her. So. Yeah, she's you just you're just so grateful you've got a player of that ability playing for us. But like Mia said, you know, which helps Jess Carter, you know, looking to your left and seeing her training with these players, training with these world-class players will inspire players like Jess Carter and and, and Fleming and even Erin. You know, Erin seems like she's been around for ages, but we said how young she is. And as I said, she's a leader on and off the field, and you can tell she's a, a team player, which we need at the moment, because as I said, without Magda being there, Mielda. You know, it's uh, even G, you know, G's very inspirational. Maybe not a talker, but just how she plays. You know, we're missing some some personalities, I think. Yeah, I think she's just gone about sort of this period and, and led the team you know, strongly and firmly. And like I said, we haven't missed Magda on the pitch. But having said that, if you offered me her back you know, tomorrow, then yes, please, Magda, come back. Because uh, she's obviously one of the best in, in the world at what she does. Um me, I think we could choose any of the midfield four to talk about. Um, obviously, we've spoken a bit about Fleming already and a bit about Erin. But obviously, Sophie, I think, a bit under the radar again. She just does that job you know, of screening the defence so well and, and reading where passing lines are going to be. Uh, you know, Wrighton, again, she scored the goal, made a difference in the final third. Uh, I'll let you pick one of the four and you can talk about them. One of the four midfielders who... Jesse, Aaron, Sophie, or Guru? Yeah, I was just counting them. Um, yeah, I think... Yeah, I, I don't like to pick one player because I think it's, again, uh, I know I've been, been repeating myself with this, but I think it's about finding the units in the unit that works really well. And I think that that's what we saw yesterday. Um, and... I mean, we have been talking about the midfield a lot when I have been here. So I think it was a very balanced midfield yesterday. I love to see Erin Cuthbert uh, playing central midfield with doing her defensive duties like no one else. Um, I really like that. And I... I mean, obviously, I like see seeing Sophie Ingle just doing the. I mean, like 
it's like she says sometimes that okay you're not allowed to pause here you can't go through <laughs> so and, and that that's obviously great to see but but then you have i mean i haven't been very keen on guru uh, as a left wing back i must say and i i'm gonna stick with that because now when we have seen her in this position and role again I think we can all agree that this is her best position um, but I do think it's still a problem that Chelsea I mean playing this 4-4-2 now works really well but then the players that have been away um, injured they're gonna go into this again uh, and not every player in the Chelsea squad weren't fit uh, for the 3-4-3 formation uh, and not all the players will be perf a perfect fit for, for this formation so it's going to be mighty interesting to see what what we where we go from here Yeah, it will be I think I'd say G wouldn't fit in the 4-4-2 and then obviously Dane when you play 4-4-2, you've got two attackers and Chelsea are famous for having three attackers. Um, so one of them would miss out. It was Kirby yesterday, obviously with Sam and Panilla starting up front. Do you think that it's harder than Sam? You know, that is the best combination of those three to play together. And that's why we, we didn't see Kirby. Well, if you think, I suppose, yeah, the, the, the benefit of, of playing with the three before, I suppose, with, with Lauren coming back and, and, and Bethany being being there as well, you had, you know, five fighting for three positions, even though most of the time Lauren wasn't involved a lot uh, for, for, for a large part of the season and we sort of knew who, who, who the three would be. So now you've got two. Uh, I can see why she went with the directness of, of Kerr. Uh, I thought she, I thought Kerr looked a little bit rusty, understandably, because you know what 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 all those flights does to the body. You can you, you can't imagine, uh, but she did lots of unselfish running, lots of dangerous running, uh, a bit similar to, to to what Mia said against Manchester United, where Panilla like took three players away. You know, if you've got Kerr running at your defence, then you, you're going to worry. I think she she's very fast. And, and like Penelope, a lot more faster than she looks. Uh, she almost got in in the second half with a through ball as well, but the goalie just beat her to it. But I do like it. I do like how 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 it's how it's given us another look. You know, we we've been bemoaning or or questioning if there's a plan B or if we're going to stick with three. We thought uh, Emma would stick with the three. We didn't expect her to change it. She has. It's looked very successful. Uh, and it's yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting now because it, again, as I said, we've got five attackers. Lauren coming back, and only two of them are going to play. And I I I really like Penella uh, just off, and I like Sam up the top. So that might be a a bit of a problem for for Fran at the moment. I Beth, I think, will go in the summer. So. Unfortunately, she's, you know, that's just the way it is. And Lauren, we can still hide behind the excuse that she's coming back to fitness. So she's getting 25 minutes here, half an hour here. Uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, especially for Arsenal, because if you think how well we played, if you want to put performances up there for that cup final tactics, 
formation that was almost perfect. So does that give Emma a headache of do I surprise Arsenal and go back to that? Or do I keep the, the kettle boiling and, and how well we've been playing? So, again, I can't wait for a Friday night when they announce that team and we all try and work out the tactics. That'd be so interesting. Yeah, well, we'll get into Arsenal after the break. Um, we'll finish with, obviously, Manchester City first. Uh, so, as they were saying, then, you know, having Sam up front always puts into defenders' minds that we're playing against Sam Kerr, so we need to be wary of where she's going to go. Maybe she forces that defence back five yards, and then that frees up the space that Penilla operates in, and that's why she's able to... I know she's great at finding space, but the space is then created for her by Sam Kerr, and that's why their partnership works much better than with Fran, and that's why that it's going to be Sam and, and Penilla maybe as that too. I just think that... It- I mean, it, it's very obvious for anyone who watches Chelsea play a lot that uh, there is, you can play in a certain way when you have Pernille Harder on the pitch and you can play another way if you have a world, another world-class player like Frank Kirby on the pitch. It's no doubt about it. It's just about picking where am I going to go uh, with, with the style of play we want to play and and what style of play is the best to beat the team we are facing this week and tomorrow and and like stuff like that so i mean i i can admit i was very worried about um, the manchester united game and obviously i didn't know that haley lad and ella toon uh, were suspended for that game um because i think that manchester united really missed uh, those two players but I mean watching Chelsea play that game it was like wow um, and I think that I do think that to a certain point other teams and opponent will read um, patterns and style of play between between two strikers they will learn they will um, learn to position themselves to, to prevent um, that from happening. Uh, so, I mean, I do think that the game on, on Friday is it's probably the most important game of, of the season. So, I mean, it's all about how you want to play. How do you want to win the game? Do you want to win, to win the game with the way you can play when Penilla Harder is... Uh, having the the main role, or do you want to win the game with with uh, Sam Kerr and Frank Kirby? But we also must admit that it has been a while since those those two has uh, have been scoring goals. Um, so it's yeah, it's a tricky one. Yeah, obviously, Conde. If, if we are ending it, uh, I just I would like to praise. Uh, Ruby Mace, you know, just she she reminds me a little bit of Millie Bright, a young Millie Bright. Uh, obviously mentioning distribution again, she gave the ball away a few times early on, but 
physically she was she was really good uh and i was quite impressed with her and as i said at the time i was thinking she's got a lot of millie bright about her maybe even a little bit more physical uh but for a young player i suppose you know man city you know we're a big team uh they've got youngsters like jess park coming through and her you know which is good for you know of supporters of the national team but yeah i i, I especially in that second half you know when we did try to counter she was there and she was solid and Got lucky with the penalty, I think. I think Aaron should have had a penalty for that. But yeah, I was really impressed with with Ruby. If if I just wanted to mention her, you know, sometimes I like to. We, we and the handball. Yeah, well, you got that as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought that that was an even more obvious penalty than than that situation with Aaron. Actually. Yeah, I don't like to criticise the refs in the women's game because I know they're not full time professionals. Uh, but that particular ref has made a lot of questionable decisions. <laughs> um, but thank you to Dane from the Went to Moe Academy Stadium podcast for his Manchester City contribution there. <laughs> um, I mean, um, he has a Lavelle shirt on. So yeah, what did well, you expect today? I'm expecting it to be light blue next week. Like, like, like when Clint Dempsey played for Tottenham, I ignored the fact that Lavelle played for Man City. Didn't happen in my eyes. Lots of backtracking going on here. Um, player of the match. So in Discord, they sort of decide our player of the match, but they didn't come to a consensus yesterday. Uh, the four names most often mentioned were Aaron Cuthbert, Sophie Ingle, Jesse Fleming and Anik Nguyen. So we need to vote for a winner. So Mia, who's your winner out of those four? Oh, I'm going to be a very, I'm going to be a fangirl now and just vote for my favourite. And that's Jess Fleming. Okay. Dane, who's your pick? I actually, when, you know, when I just scrolled down and saw this question about five minutes ago, I had uh, Jess Carter in my head. But I think just for the fact that no one expected Aaron to play centre midfield and produce, then produce that sort of performance... You know, we 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 knew Jess Carter was playing right back. We knew we've seen her play against uh, Lauren before and and have good spells and good moments. So it's really harsh and to not pick Jess Carter. But I think just because I was expecting Aaron to be centre midfield, I thought she was outstanding. And like Mia said earlier, you know, she has this knack of sly tackling from behind and keeping the ball and starting an attack with it. And she she did that three or four times. In, in the game on Sunday and yeah I, I think she could have played another 90 minutes she, she's just so much full of energy so harsh on, on Jess Carter for me personally because I could talk about her performance for another hour but I think Aaron not 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 shady I think they were both outstanding both 10 out of 10s but Aaron for me I think yeah Jess Carter did get mentioned in Discord but not as often as these four players um I thought Jessie was was great and I love that she is um, becoming so important to the team. We've been asking to see her and now we are. But I think just because everyone played for 90 minutes, um, I'll give her the win just because I can. Um, <laughs> not that I see the game enough to decide that. But... Oh, yeah, you, didn't, you didn't see the game, Mia. Why is he getting a vote? You didn't watch the game. We can't be one all, can it? So that's why Jane needed to be here, but she's busy doing cup final tickets. And I see the slide tackle on a video, so that's why she wins. Um, Emma Hayes said this was a champion-like performance. Um, is she saying that because they are champions or they're going to be champions? 
I think she say uh, she says that because it it was an act of champions uh, yesterday. Um, I mean, I do think that this season um, is probably not over, even though we might think so. If Chelsea beats Arsenal on Friday, or if Arsenal beats Chelsea on Friday, because I don't think so. Uh, from the looks of how it has been. Um, but I do think that these two teams going up against each other now, uh, they are going to have to prove themselves um, in, in a way that they haven't, haven't, I mean, like had to do uh, previously this season, because this is it on Friday they, one of the teams and clubs are going to have it in their own hands yeah, after think, the game. <laughs> yeah, I think going into the international break, top of the table is going to have a big impact on whoever that is come um, next Saturday or Friday evening, sorry. Uh, the other results this weekend then in the league was Arsenal 1, Manchester United 1, Everton 1, Reading 2, Birmingham City 1, Leicester City 2, Tottenham 4, Brighton 0. Aston Villa 1, West Ham 2, and obviously Chelsea 1, Manchester City 0. That leaves the table as Arsenal 1st on 30 points, Chelsea 2nd on 28 points, Manchester United 3rd on 25 points, Tottenham 4th on 24 points, Reading 5th on 22 points, Man City 6th on 20 points, West Ham 7th on 20 points, Brighton 8th on 16 points, Aston Villa 9th on 13 points, Everton in 10th on 11 points, Leicester in 11th on nine points and then Burnham City in 12th on four points. Um, some teams have game in hand, some teams don't. Uh, you need to look at the table, but obviously Chelsea have won over Arsenal and Man United, which is what we care about, really. Um, next up for Chelsea is, of course, the visit of Arsenal to Kings Meadow this Friday, and we will be previewing this after this very short break. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved blue boy's life. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> where do I sign up, Jidge? 
Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back to part two of Bentham Kings Meadow. Time now then to preview that WSL clash with the current league leaders, Arsenal. Um, Dane, obviously this is the biggest match of the season so far, um, just because of it's the last time these two teams are going to play each other. Uh, it's going to be a huge night at Kings Meadow. Is that going to have an impact, the fact that Chelsea are at home and the crowd are going to be up for it? And I can even answer the next one, the pressure more on us or Arsenal. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Do you prefer to be chased or be the chaser? Uh, if, if it ends up 1-1, it's not the end of the world because we've got a game in hand. If we was to win, then it would send out some statement. You know, Arsenal have really intrigued me this season. They, they've had an aura about them, even from the beginning, like a bit of an arrogance and an ignorance that usually comes when you've won lots of trophies. And I like that, you know, I, 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 I like that sort of style, that confidence, but sometimes it can border over and I'm surprised how, they, how they've sort of went about themselves. If, if they go on to win the league, then then they, they obviously know more than me, which they clearly do because obviously in the professional side of the game. But yeah, I've, I've sort of, I've sort of like wanted them to fail from quite early on because of that. You know, they they're acting like a team who's who's maybe like who's Chelsea, who've won titles in recent years, won lots of cups. But as I said, you've got to have a certain arrogance and a certain confidence to be a professional footballer and and and, and win titles and win leagues. It's going to be a great game. I think we're just edging it on form at the moment. They've had a couple of hiccups recently, but you can't sleep on Arsenal. They've got too many dangerous players uh, attacking-wise, as we've just praised the, the Chelsea defence and midfield for recent recent performances. It's going to be a good match-up. But you go into it so confident because of that cup final, and I know it was a one-off. Cup finals are one-offs. Uh, uh, but, wow, that was that was some performance. But it's going to be a great, great game. Yeah, looking forward to being there. And I think Arsenal need to win. I don't think they can afford to draw or lose because it gives Chelsea the advantage, despite, obviously, they need to win the game still, Chelsea. But I think they need to win. So it's going to be interesting to see what, what they do. Uh, Mia, do you think we're just going to stick with 4-4-2? Or she's going to switch it? No, because I think the 4-4-2 has been the formation that Arsenal have been struggling the most with uh, this season. So I think it would be wise to to keep that. Um, And then I I think that... I do think that Stina Blackstenius will start for Arsenal uh, this Friday. And then that means that Viviana Midema will play probably uh, the role as number 10 um, I mean it's not 
it's not positive uh, or nice to talk about injuries, but if if Arsenal ends up with having Bet Mead, Tobin Heat, and Leah Williamson um, out because they're injured, then that will leave. I mean, Bet Mead and and Tobin Heath both started uh, versus United uh, this game. And then United played 4-4-2. And you could see that Arsenal have problems to break that formation down. And so I do think that that's... And yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting to see because if uh, Arsenal wins, I think that would probably be the first game in a long time that Jonas Eideval will have a tactic to break down the 4-4-2 formation. Yeah, it took a world-class pass from Niedema to set through Blackstidius to score the goal against um, Manchester United. Um, let's... Arsenal, Arsenal will be without Katie McCabe as well. Obviously, that will leave a big hole in... Yeah. in Arsenal's um, backline. That's a definite booking not happening then. It will keep our legs safe from kicks all game then. Uh, a little look at Arsenal, obviously top of the table, uh, 30 points, 13 games, played nine wins, three draws, one defeat. Uh, last five results in the WSL were a 4-0 win over Leicester, a 2-0 defeat to Birmingham City, uh, the one all draw with Man City, a 2-1 win over Brighton, and then a one all draw with Manchester United. Uh, they've also lost 4-0 4-1 to Hoffenheim in the Champions League and 1-0 to Man United in the Conti Cup in this period. Um, so then, like you said, they had that aura about them. I think that is, that's fading, I think. Yeah, it, it seems like it. And, you know, even the manager, I know, you know, listen, it, this sport is a confidence sport. We know that when you're winning, everything's rosy. When you're not, everything's cloudy. Uh, you could see by his reaction in, in it was in in the in the Conti Cup was it is the Conti Cup when he when he react, overreacted to a tackle on one of his players I didn't even think it was that bad but sometimes the pressure takes over you're emotional this is your team this is your family so I sort of get it but yeah they haven't got the, the strut that they had at the beginning of the season I was I, I didn't realise that Beth Mead and Tobin Heath are you know are, are struggling to make Friday's game. Uh, it shouldn't be a surprise because that, that Tobin Heath sort of sums up, you know, the American players uh, last, say, two years over here. It, it, it didn't seem to get a run of games, you know, fitness worries, uh, you know, whether it's at Man City or, or Tobin with, with Christian Press at United. Uh, yeah, so that, that, that makes me happy. Uh, but, yeah, it's they, their strut is definitely gone. But, as I say, they've still got, They've still got a lot of talent there, and you know, you know, Emma Hayes will know, you know, what they can produce. Yeah, um, Mia, we know how important Leah Williamson is to Arsenal um, in terms of their build-up play. Uh, do you think that they're going to have something different for Chelsea, given the number that Chelsea did on them in the cup final? Do you think that's going to play on Adivas' mind at all, or is he focused on what they do? Yeah, I think Jonas Edeval is um, is put uh, under a lot of pressure by himself at the moment, not necessarily by by the club, but 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 himself. He needs to get back on track in order to to do as a coach uh, a good tactical performance. 
Um, and I think, uh, I mean, like Dane just said, uh, I know that he is very, you could call him a passionate guy, um, if that's what we like to call it. Um, you like him, Mia? Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not that fond of that um, coaching style along the sidelines. I, I don't like screamers and he screams a lot he was well known uh, for that in Sweden as well he was booked and sent up uh, in the stands uh, in some games in Sweden and um, so the way yeah I mean he has had a lot of bookings a lot of bookings like four uh, so far in this um, season so and I'm not surprised he is like that um, I do nice. think that, yeah, I do think that it's not um, the referees in, in England will take action more than they probably would have in Sweden. So, but, but I do. Most but Arsenal player, isn't he? Excuse me. He's got more yellow cards than any Arsenal player. I think. Yeah, I think he has, he has four yellows, um, so so far. But I do think that he is put under under. Uh, under a lot of pressure by himself to deliver on Friday because he hasn't been able to to make his players and his squad deliver uh, its best. And they have also been struggling with the goal scoring. Yeah, it's been sort of interesting to watch Arsenal sort of on the come down from their, from their start of the season. Then I've got a very difficult situation for you here because I just want a one-word answer, um, if that's possible. Uh, and that is the one player you think has the skill set to hurt Chelsea the most. If I don't explain why, can I give two? <laughs> yeah. Well, Hart says Hart will say Tobin Heath because I've watched her more than any other Arsenal player in that team, even though I, you know, she's she's still unfit. Uh, and a long way from, from getting fit, but she can produce moments like we saw recently away to City. Uh, but I've, I've really been really impressed with Beth Mead. Where was the one word? Sorry. Okay, I had to say. <laughs> I've, been, I've been really impressed with Beth Mead this, this year. I think she's, she's sort of gone to another level, starting off with the first game of the season. And... Uh, yeah, no, it's hard actually to yeah, it is it is a hard one because I got quite quite respect Miedemar as well, uh, as just as a finisher in general. So yeah, I'd say Beth Mead if if fit, then I'd be worried about Beth Mead. Uh yeah, let's stop down then from his one word answer before he goes into the thousands. Um I will say one I will say one player, Stina Blackstenius. That's a lot of pressure. You know, going away to Chelsea, you know, <laughs> you think she'll be fine. Yeah. If, if she had if she hadn't scored uh, that goal versus United the other day, I wouldn't have said her. But I think that what we saw, yeah, I I can definitely see. Yeah, I think the Chelsea centre half against City were helped. That I don't think Bunny Shaw is very uh, mobile. I think she's quite a static striker, and that's why they lean so much on Lauren Hemp. Um, and that makes it a bit easier for centre backs to deal with a striker that stands still. Um, a bit like watching Lukaku play for Chelsea's men's team at the minute. Um, <laughs> even League One players have a good game against him. Um, yeah, after the FA Cup final, I know there's a lot of criticism of Ida Vell that 
sort of didn't set up his team to counter up what Chelsea were going to do, even though it was pretty apparent what Chelsea were going to do. Do you think the fact that some players might not be available that he's sort of maybe forced to do something different compared to what he has done this season? Yeah, I think that uh, Jonas Edevald's first season in England will be will be and is all about learning English football and how you can be surprised by your opponent. That's what I think. Um, so I do think that he will... I do think they will struggle a lot to just figuring Chelsea out. Talking of figuring Chelsea out, let's try and do that then um, by reading Emma's mind. Uh, I think it's pretty simple. She picks the same 11 that she did against Manchester City, which is Berger in goal, Carter Bright, Newen and Anderson in defence, uh, Fleming, Cuthbert, Ingle and Wright in the midfield and then Curran Harder up front. Um, don't you think it's going to be a repeat of the same team? Uh, how how so so what do we actually know on Beth Mead, Leah Williamson, and to, is it touch and go, Tobin Heath, or is it? Okay, here's the deal. Um, Beth Mead, she she was subbed off after sitting down, um, but then Jonas Edeval said that oh, I'm not sure if he's injured, but you know, uh, but Tobin Heath came off uh, in in um, half uh, at half time because she had. A physical problem and she was about to be assessed uh, and then Leah Williamson was wasn't even in the squad uh, versus United and and I do have a feeling that they might have rushed her back uh, from her injury um, a little bit so it's going to be interesting to see if she makes it till Friday um, but but probably I mean, looking at it, she wasn't even in the squad, Leah Williamson, so she might be the one most far away to make it. I don't know, obviously, but Tobin Heat mm, coming off after 45 minutes with physical problems. Mm. I, wonder if, I wonder if Emma leaves it to the last minute just for that one position based on on uh, potentially Tobin and Beth playing, if she would then have Fleming on right midfield to counteract any sort of attack. If they're both not playing, then she might put Aaron back out there and, and put Jesse in the middle. It's interesting. Yeah, obviously on a Monday, it's hard to know what's going to happen on Friday because there's no press conferences at the moment. Um, so all this could change as it has done before for us where we said players are not playing and they play. Um, so expect that. Um, Mia, do you think right now on today that picking the same team is the most logical decision we could come to? Uh, no, I don't think that. But but <laughs> I mean, I don't think anything at the moment because, like you said, it's Monday and then then it's a lot of days till Friday, so anything can happen. But I mean, looking at how they have been playing, then like versus United. Who, I mean, what was the starting eleven then? Then, then you didn't have Sam Kerr because she came on. Uh, so perhaps she did give us a glimpse of what um, the starting lineup was going to be yesterday. I don't know if we're looking at it that way, but I do think that I do think that Frank Kirby, Penny Harder, and Sam Kerr will all start. Ooh. I do think that. 
Interesting. Well, we'll see, obviously, on Friday um, what the case is at 6.45pm UK time when the team sheets are announced. Um, score predictions, and I am going first because people will make my score predictions and I'm the host. So Wait, I'm going to write down what I'm saying now and see if... 2-1 you... before you write down. 2-1 to Chelsea. Uh, Blackstinius will score a goal just because Mia's Swedish. Um, <laughs> uh, Dane, what's your prediction? Uh, can I just have, do a special mention for Guru as well? I thought, although she didn't do as good a job as Fleming tactically, she was really good helping uh, Jan Anderson on, on, on Sunday. 2-0. Two 2-0. Nil. Two nil. Mia? I have absolutely no idea, but I'm going to say... I'm going to say, I want them to win, but just because to keep the excitement a little I, bit, you I, know, in shape. 2-2. Two, two. You can't say draws. Oh, that's bad. Okay. You um, can't have to predict anything other than Chelsea win the game. Yeah, then... Okay, 1-0 then. We have to have different. Yeah, we do have to have, have different, to but 1-0 yeah. is um, the score. Um, sadly, that's all we've got time for this week. Uh, if you want to join us for chat in the week, you can do that on Discord. Uh, and Patreon, to support the show, you can get the links in the description box. Um, we will be back next week to review the Arsenal game and then see what's happening for the rest of the international break. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Mokingsmeadow, me at Dean Mears, Dane at DWIT9, and me at me underscore Ericsson. Uh, the show is on Instagram at Went to Kings Meadow. Um, so, yeah, thank you to both of you. I do need to, to end this call right now. Uh, so, I will do that. Uh, we'll speak to you both soon. Thank you for listening, everyone, from Kings Meadow to Wembley. Keep the blue flag flying high. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.